track at the wall. We are tied. Look at this. He's I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Oh, A tribute to all the legends here on WWE War Wrestling Above Replacement. I am JT. That is Marcus. We come at you every other Thursday. The nerdiest podcast you will find here about professional wrestling, specifically the WWE version of it. And this is simulcast both video and audio. We have our very own YouTube channel. Northside Connection. You can subscribe there, like, and leave comments. You can follow us on any podcast application as well, uh, just by searching Northside Connection. So a lot of our shows are simulcast, but we do have stuff that's audio only, stuff that's video only. Be sure to check out all of it. Right now in November, we have a great gimmick going on. Every day we are counting down the greatest War Games matches of all time from 23 to 1. Includes the WWE version, NXT, Crockett, WCW. Uh, that will culminate the day before Survivor Series with number one. Marcus, how are you doing, buddy? Uh, I'm great, man. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to the War Games things. Uh, I think those have already gotten kicked off on the on the. Uh, oh YouTube. yeah, yeah, we're hot and heavy right. right now. So all right, uh, yeah, I need to catch up then. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. You might hear from me and Toolman uh, in regards to one of those War Games matches. So uh, looking What's forward. What's your top to- three? Top three. Oh, all right, all right. I don't want to hear. I don't want any thinking. What's your top three? Okay, uh, ninety-two, eighty-nine, and uh, ninety-six. Okay, all right, very interesting. So we'll see how that shakes out. Leave your list and your comments on those videos. So if you go, like I said, every day, three p.m. 
Eastern time, a new one drops. We're going all the way from 23 to number one, War Games, one of the greatest match concepts in history. And that leads you up to this year's War Games uh, at Survivor Series. So check it out and check us out. Dirty War at the end of another season, Marcus. Thank God we have made it, especially through this season. This feels like... It was one of those real, like, you know, we compare everything to baseball terms on this show. I would say it's like one of those real grinded out seasons. You know, we had some expectations. Uh, maybe we thought we were a playoff team, but ended up kind of middle middle of the pack, a little, little 80 and 82 situation. Um, you know, we had a grind through the dog days of August, but but we made it. We made it through and in better days are ahead. Yeah, it uh, almost feels like we had to play 164, like we finished with a tie, and then we had to play like another team, the tiebreaker, after we got out of our division. Uh, so yeah, I'm ready to move on to uh, our next season here on War, but not before we end this season, and we got quite the show to wrap things up with WrestleMania uh, 35. Yeah, we do, sir, we do. Um, so that is WrestleMania 35. WrestleMania, unofficially? <laughs> yeah, I mean... It really should have been the first two night media. We'll talk about yeah. it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, were you at this one? I, I don't recall. I was not at this one. Uh, I watched this one from the comfort of my own home. Um, I would say the WWE Network might have had that effect that like the NFL thinks that uh, like Sunday Ticket and Red Zone have had with like mm-hmm. people preferring to stay home as opposed to the stadium setting. Um, yeah, I would say uh, part of that would be the length of a show like this. I'm guessing maybe maybe you know lent itself toward that as well um i was there uh it was it was a fun night i mean it was chilly toward the end but i I would say the you know it's really the length that that hangs over it right so i think watching it back for this project we'll talk about it but i really actually think it's a little underrated historically like especially the first half the first half i i quite enjoyed and i was like okay like this isn't bad and then the back end i think definitely had a lot of areas that it could have cleaned up and really maybe presented itself better historically um but that lends itself to the thinking you know should this have been a two-night mania right because then um maybe you wrap at that halfway point with the big title change and then you do the back end ends with the women it kind of lent itself to the template perfectly yeah and they definitely have the roster here to pull it off like as we get to uh this portion of the season where we're closing things down i think like pretty much everybody's healthy um that needs to be there uh this is the first year they were without mr undertaker for wrestlemania as part of a formal match um so they've really got the rest of the roster at their disposal and we're gonna see they're gonna leave some key players off the show even um and you could add an extra match or two there split things up so um they had an embarrassment of riches uh they also had an embarrassment of network time um, you know, with this being the WrestleMania that was on the network and, um, or one of them, um, and, and having, you know, eight, 10 hours or whatever your disposal to have a super long show. So, um, yeah, this is, this is the last of the marathon shows, like you said, and, um, looking forward to going over it with you and kind of seeing where, where things kind of tailed off if they did and, uh, what could have been done better. Yeah. One thing I wish we did, um, was, total up the time we spent watching this season <laughs> yeah um and we didn't even include like all of the network specials like there's some of the like you know the, i think the the farewell the shield or whatever like there there's right. some there's a couple of network um exclusive events or whatever that we left out because they weren't in the true spirit of pay-per-views so um even without those um we spent 
hours. It almost felt like we spent longer in this season than we did like three or four seasons so far. I mean, well, there's there's 15 shows, right? so that's your first problem. Um, and then you got to show all goes four I mean, hours. Yeah, I mean they're all super long. Yes, like minimum four hours for a lot of them. Some were five, over five. Like it's it was just a lot of content and a lot of time spent in here, um, and and not a ton of payoff. So we'll we'll talk about that when we do the awards to wrap up the season at the end. So why don't we dive into WrestleMania? Like you said, it's kind of the last single night mania. Um, it's it's a very long show. I think all in it's you know discount to the previous show. I think it was still what over six or like five forty or something like that. That was, I think, without the without the, the two oh, without hour the pre-show. pre-show. Yeah, pre-show all in. It's almost eight hours. I know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it it might it must be that maybe it ended the latest. I would think too, because it was well after midnight that they wrapped yeah. up, um, which definitely affects the main event. Of course, it's the infamous show with the the shit show parking lot after people just stranded couldn't get ubers or lifts or shuttles and i don't know how we got out I, it's credit to andy flanagan somehow we got in the car and he found some way out when we were on the highway as people were still walking out but so we had no problem exiting thankfully uh, but a lot of people were stranded escape from the shadows of new york yeah we can escape from new york we got out um all right so this is obviously a multi-brand show april 7th 2019 from metlife stadium in east rutherford new jersey attendance is somewhere around seventy thousand people uh sixty-five thousand buys that of course excludes the network views so um there was a, a lot of announcers on this show calling it so uh we had michael cole this is everyone who called at least one match on the show Michael Cole, Corey Graves, Renee Young, Tom Phillips, Byron Saxton, Vic Joseph, Nigel McGinnis, Aiden English, Percy Watson, who was on the preview show, I believe, doing the Women's Battle Royal, Jerry the King Lawler, Paige, Booker T, Shawn Michaels, and John Bradshaw Layfield. Alexa Bliss is our host uh, for the night. So there's a lot going on on this show. Uh, We had four pre-show matches. So the first one, Tony Nese defeated Booty Murphy uh, to win the Cruiserweight title uh, in 10 minutes. This, like, we, I've loved Murphy's run. He's had it, like, almost a year at this point. Uh, Well, no, actually, when did he win it? Super Show, so not almost six months or whatever. Um, This felt like a, I know Nese is a local guy, and he's fine, but this felt like a quiet end to Murphy's reign Mm -hmm. that deserved, like, Maybe I guess it was a little part of a lot of people, so maybe they don't give a shit. But it felt like it deserved a little bit more focus. Yeah. Uh, Carmelo won the women's battle royal, seventeen woman battle royal. Uh, in another upset, Curtis Haw- Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder defeated the Revival to win the Raw tag team titles. This was another big moment. Um, of course, they're hometown guys, local guys, so they kind of gave them the local pop, and they had been playing up big time, like Hawkins losing streak and all that, right. Leading it to this. It's kind of Ryder's last big moment before he leaves and goes to the Indies. So yeah, I, I think mean, there's an argument. This should have been on the show. <laughs> like, yeah, this, this yeah, had a good build and good storyline. It, I think it would have helped out uh, to the overall score of the show. I think so too. Um, you know, revival, their title reigns kind of been whatever anyway. So like, I don't think it's the biggest deal uh, that they lost this. And then Braun Strowman won the 30 man Andre battle Royal eliminated Colin Jost. We'll talk about him more later. Um, I had such high expectations for this and it was like, yeah, it was bad. <laughs> it was not but good. What do you think of this use of Braun? Like, I know the Andre carries some legacy to it and like they present it like it's a kind of a big deal to win it. But like for a guy, we've seen this with a lot of in the format we do. We've seen this with a lot of seasons where dudes that are 
like have prolific years peter off in February or so and then end up aimless come WrestleMania. Like we we've seen it in big years, small years, like crazy years. Like it happens almost every season that someone has a dominant year and then boom, like mania comes and they're just either not even on the show or something like this. So like Braun has been a major play. I'd say 18 is his biggest year. He's a world champion. He's in big main events, um, gets big time wins. And here he's, he's on the pre-show in the Andre. So like, do you, I mean, I'm not the biggest broad guy, so like, I didn't really care, but when you look at how he's been presented this season, like, how did you vibe with that? I, I liked Braun like that 2017, I think, like around Great Balls of Fire, where like he gets out of the ambulance and he's stumbling, and like that felt really cool. And then after it was just like they didn't capitalize. Um, and this is here in like 2018, 2019. This is like the third time he's been hot, and it's just like uh, diminishing returns with this guy every every time they try to heat him up. But I thought the Battle Royal was. Uh, if you're good, if this is like a, a celebrity match, like it had the, the SNL guys in there, uh, I was like, okay, it's something, it's something big for Braun, you know, like that's the main story. But then like, they didn't mention it on SNL, like the next week, mm-hmm. it hardly made it out to social media, like after the battle Royal. So it was just like, yeah. all right, I guess, I guess it was just a pre-show battle Royal um, with a little bit of SNL plug in there, but it, it was a big swing and a miss. And, uh, you know, pretty unfortunate. And there is a lot of guys in that battle royal, but again, they have an embarrassment of riches. So right. So um, why not load it up and get everyone on? I mean, you know, to have a card this big and then have a battle royal with 30 guys uh, <laughs> that aren't on the card is like crazy. They're roster and have and crazy. have guys left over. Right. Like here's who was in the battle royal. I mean, so this is like these are names: Curtis Axel, Lindsay Dorado, Tyler Breeze, EC3, Shelton Benjamin, Bo Dallas, Heath Slater, Titus O'Neil, No Way Jose, Carl Anderson, Rhino, Bobby Roode, Graham Metalik, Kalisto, Chad Gable, Connor Victor, Luke Gallows, Otis Tucker, Jinder Mahal, Luke Harper, uh, Mustafa Lee, Apollo Cruz, Andrade, Matt Hardy, Jeff Hardy, and then Michael Che and Colin Joes. Like, you know, obviously they used a lot of the 205 live roster, and there's a bunch of guys I had no clue were even around still, but here they are. Um, but like that's, I mean, that's a lot of guys when you look yeah. at the rest of this card. Yeah, Rude Gable, the Hardys, um, Andrade. I think there's another name in there. Like I, I at least heard like six names where I'm like, you could have done something else. Like right. so. And here's a women contenders just for completion's sake: uh, Maria Canellas, Candice LeRae, Nikki Cross, Naomi, Ember Moon, Lana, Kyrie Sane, Ruby Riot, Liv, Liv Morgan, Zelina Vega, Dana Brooke, Mandy Rose, Mickey James, Sonia Deville. Asuka and Sarah Logan. So like Asuka is another one, mm-hmm. um, you know, doesn't win this battle Royal, but she was a major part of the title picture for the women through pretty much all of 18. So I'd say her and Braun are the two um, that really feel like they slid down quite a bit. I mean, Asuka had the great title match of the rumble, right? With Becky. I mean, so that's just a couple months before this and she's in the battle Royal on the pre-show. Yeah. Um, shout out to our buddy, uh, Rocco who sent a, a cool graphic of everything that they did in the booking to get to the main event of uh, this <laughs> WrestleMania and like kind of the, I wouldn't say the burial of Oscar because she's still been very protected even up until current, yeah. current day WWE in 2023 going into 2024. Um, but I mean, she was a casualty of that buildup. Like they needed to get the title off her. They, Wasted why couldn't they put TV? her in the fourth? Why can they make it a four way? They should have made it a four way. She really deserved to be in that match way. as much as yeah. anyone. And at the very least, if she's not, I would have made the women's tag that we're going to talk about in a minute 
uh, a five way and just had Oscar mm-hmm. and, and Kyrie Sane um, as a team in there. Like, there's no reason not to do that, too. Yeah. There's two options to get on the card. All right, let's get to the card itself. We open hot. Uh, well, you get uh, Alexa comes out. We get Hogan comes out. He does his thing, does his stupid Silver Dome, Superdome bullshit. Uh, and he then, still messed up the place. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't tell if he did it on purpose or not, but whatever. It was yeah. still a fucking mess. So then we come, we start hot. Paul Heyman comes out right away, and he's like, well, if Brock Lesnar is not going to close the show, he's going to open it so we get the fuck out of here. We're not going to hang around for this night. So we start <laughs> off with Seth Rollins defeating Brock Lesnar in two and a half minutes to win the Universal title, beats him with the curb stomp. I went three and a quarter. I thought this was pretty great. Um, Rollins has definitely been you know, a highlight for us through a lot of the season. Carry the IC title uh, to a level that, like, the world, you know, Brock wasn't on TV a lot. So the IC title was kind of the main title on a raw for a bit in the summer and fall. And he did a great job carrying it. I like, they put him over clean and strong here. Brock never gives a shit. Does a job as always when he's asked to and gets paid and, and hightails it out of here. But I thought this was a good reset. If Brock's going to take all the time off or whatever he's going to do, um, let's get the world title going in a new direction. All of 18 was Roman for a bit, then Braun, you know, then um, Brock. So it's like, it's been a lot of the same guys, right? So let's mix it up and get Rollins and kind of start fresh. Yeah. And Rollins is, like you said, he's been the workhorse really of the season. Right. And he had that, you know, that really long intercontinental title reign or where, you know, he was losing it and winning it back. So he was perennial IC champion this season. And so we've seen that progression, even though he's a guy who's probably already past that point. Um, they kind of did a, a reboot with him uh, to heat him back up. And I think it worked. Um, he felt like a natural uh, rumble winner. He felt like a natural challenger for uh, to Brock. It felt like the next step for him. And I thought it was cool how they got there with like hey, we're gonna we're gonna impromptu start the show with the the yeah. world title and uh, start hot. And it was yeah. it was a good sprint and uh, the storytelling with Brock getting kicked in the nuts and that's that being his uh, Achilles heel this season. Well, you know, yeah. it was it was apropos. So uh, three and a quarter for me as well. Uh, so we go to what I really like about this card a lot. Um, what felt like more of a traditional opener. Mm-hmm. And I, I really like that. It made sense that if you, right, you're starting off the world title and that's impromptu, then this is supposed to act as like the actual opener. And I thought they did a really good job. And this is Randy Orton taking on AJ Styles. Um, I went with a war of three for this match, and uh, Styles does pick up the the victory. No, you, went, you went four. Um, I went four. Sorry, uh, I went with a war of four for this match. Um, I really liked it, man. These guys are just two pros. I thought it lived up to the the dream match hype and left a little bit of meat on the bone at the same time. Yeah, I went three and a half. Uh, very good. You know, Orton's been a highlight for us uh, for most of the season when he once he turned heel was a vicious heel and had attacked AJ. They kind of built this over the last show or so. Uh, it's a perfect use of two guys. Um, it's kind of a classic mania match, right? Two guys that aren't in a title match, aren't in a feud, could have a great match, just stick them together and see what they can do. Orton's been in a ton of these, right? Kane, Punk, mm-hmm. like he's up another card. He's been on these in mania for a lot. So agreed. All right. Next, we go to our SmackDown tag title four-way. Alistair Black and Ricochet versus the Usos versus the Bar versus Shinsuke Nakamura and Rusev. The Usos retain. Um, this surprised me. I did not remember this being so good. I went three and three quarters. Kind of a hidden gem early in this show. Uh, the Bar and the Usos obviously have carried the bulk of um, 
the, the load on the SmackDown side of the tag division for this season. So it's cool to see them get the spotlight. I'm glad they weren't relegated to the Andre, the pre-show. Like those are two teams that belonged on the show. Same goes for Nakamura and Rusev. Maybe not as a team, but two guys that carried, again, a lot of the load on SmackDown on the singles side through most 18. And Rusev came a long way from burying me softly, brother, uh, back in the <laughs> greatest Royal Rumble and uh, gets a Mania match here. So this was good. Um, what did you think of it? Three and two quarters for me as well. Um, I thought everybody uh, danced like it was WrestleMania. It felt big. It felt like everybody was uh, was driving a car that they stole. Um, as far as in regards to their bodies went, like it was, it was balls to the wall. Um, so yeah, this this match rocked. Um, and I thought it was really cool to see uh, Alistair Black and Ricochet in this match as they were kind of late additions to the roster um, as the season went on. And yeah. they fit right in. Um, so you kind of see the... Um, the positives of NXT being treated more of a third brand and a little less of developmental. Um, you got, you know, two world-class guys you can just throw into a, a, a mid-card match at WrestleMania mm-hmm. um, and add to it. So, uh, yeah, three and three quarters for me. And that takes us to the conclusion of our favorite storyline of this season. It is a last man standing. We're talking about Shane McMahon taking on Mike The Miz uh ends with shane mcmahon technically getting the victory with the uh the big uh suplex off of the scaffolding from the um the hard cam section and uh or false count anywhere excuse me and uh and shane got the uh the one two three on miz just kind of de facto falling on top of him so uh, i went two and a half it wasn't awful but it was also kind of a really long walk and brawl and i don't mind walking brawls but this was this was a little bit of a chore I went three. I mean, I've been more down on this angle than you have, but I thought they actually did okay here. Uh, when you start to look at the length of the show, though, and you start to look at where you could save some time, like this didn't need to go 15 and a half. You probably could have done an eight-minute brawl and got mm-hmm. to the same result uh, and cut it in half. I didn't mind the finish. It didn't look as contrived as most of those do. They did a good job not really exposing the padding when they fail and all that, like they'll do sometimes. So uh, Shane winning was like, ah, does that mean they're going to fight again? Like, this kind of felt like Miz should just win and end this thing. But mm. luckily for us, we're not continuing with the season, so it doesn't matter <laughs> as much. But um, Or continuing this calendar year, I should say. Uh, all right, so we go back to the tag division, this time for the uh, women's tag team titles, as Sasha Banks and Bailey take on Natalia and Beth Phoenix against Tamina and Nia Jax and the Iconics. So four-way for the tag team titles here. And, uh, of course, the Boston Hawk Connection come in as champions, but they do not leave with the belts. The Iconics get the big moment in MetLife. A very emotional win for them. They are definitely feeling it. Uh, this I went two and three quarters. I thought it was, it was fine. Uh, it was cool seeing Beth get another Mania match. That was a nice touch. They get a lot of time, too. Again, they get like 11 minutes, which is pretty mm-hmm. good uh, time allotment for them on this card. So a cool moment. Uh, this comes with it, of course, the... However much you believe in the backstage stuff with with Sasha and Bailey laying on the floor, kicking and screaming and crying or whatever the fuck they were doing, um, that goes along with this as well. Yeah, um, I was a huge fan of the Iconics getting the win here. I thought it was a great spot for them. I thought it was a, a, a genuine like good moment um, and also a bit of a surprise. Uh, I went with a uh, score of three for this match, so uh, just a little bit higher up on it. Um, I haven't been as big of a fan of Sasha and Bailey in this incarnation. Um, so happy to kind of see the, I felt like the tag team titles need to transition to an actual tag team. And these two were just kind of super friends that happen to be friends and, and paired together because 
we needed big names to have the title. So uh, now the titles have been officially launched. We could get them on an actual tag team uh, that can do some character work. Um, and, uh, you know, whenever we do 2019, 2020, we can see how that pans out. Uh, it takes us to about the midway point of the card as we have the WWE title being defended as Daniel Bryan loses to Kofi Mania. Kofi Johnson Kingston, Kofi Kingston. Um, this match, the moment, all of it is um, is perfect for me. Uh, so I went ahead and gave it the full five. Um, yeah. Watching it back. It's just perfect. It's just perfect. I, I don't know what could have been better. They didn't need to draw it out any longer. It was everything it needed to be. It was wonderful storytelling. It was such a good moment. Uh, way long overdue uh, on many levels. So um, full five for me. Yeah, 24 minutes, and it's a masterpiece. Like, again, I don't know. Is it the most technically greatest match ever? Who knows? But when you factor in the storyline, the moment, and the story within the match that they tell, uh, I think everyone involved was just fantastic in it. So Brian, uh, Rowan, Kofi, mm-hmm. Biggie, Xavier Woods, like they were all tremendous in this whole whole thing. Um, it was a worthy moment for Kofi. It didn't feel like a fluke. He beat Brian clean. I beat him. He didn't have to get help. Like he just did it. And the crowd reaction is great. The storyline to get there was great. Kudos to them for doing it. It, it very well could have been a classic, like, you know, Kofi just comes up short and Brian runs with the belt longer. Like, it wouldn't have been shocking, especially given it's in the middle of the show. If it was a two-night show, this would have been the perfect spot for, for night one to, to close yep. out with uh, Kofi and, and the New Day celebrating. Uh, I was sitting at the show with Stacey O'Loughlin, who many know, uh, a longtime, you know, PTV personality, probably the biggest Kofi Kingston fan in the universe, uh, die hard, die hard. So I was sitting next to her and when he won, she got, she was so emotional and losing her mind. And that added to it for me, just like seeing this lifelong Kofi die hard, uh, get to be live. She, and she lives in Australia. So she traveled out for the show. So like, um, like everything came together for her in that moment to get to see Kofi win the belt. So that was really special, uh, for me as a personal memory as well. So e- to me, it's an easy five. Like I watched it and I'm like, I was looking for holes and I'm like, is there, I'm like, nope, nope. It's a five. There's no question about it. All right, so we go from that opposite in the special. We have Rey Mysterio taking on Samoa Joe for the United States Championship. Um, Joe is look this run. I did. I'll be honest. I did not remember that he got this strong and dominant of a run in 2018, 2019. So he's definitely been, you know, as much as AJ maybe didn't hit the peak you would have liked, but this dude got a lot of run. Uh, so I think I'd have to like look back at anyone who would say like Joe kind of got wasted by them. Like I don't really think so when you look at the run he got here and he destroys Rey Mysterio in a minute to win the United States Championship chokes him out um and I love the approach like we just had a long match mm-hmm. we have another couple long matches to come I like that this card isn't afraid to have short matches too many manias and super cards in modern WWE they're afraid to do quick squash or a short match like not everything has to be an epic or a long battle like yeah, Joe caught him. He tapped him out. He wins the belt and moves on. Like we have a long night ahead, a lot of matches. We don't need to have every every match be blown up. So I went two. I thought this was like well executed and well done. Yeah, two and a half for me. I thought this was the perfect leveling off right from uh, Kofi and Brian. And like you said, like we just had a, a twenty plus minute classic 
Um, and not to say this match needed to go like 10 seconds, which I think sometimes they're tempted to do, but this was like perfect. Like it ended in the first round, basically. Yeah. And, and that happens from time to time. It's believable and with a guy like Joe. This, like, yes, absolutely. He catches you in that coquina clutch and you're done. And was done. Yeah. And, and even told the story of like Ray being hurt mm-hmm. and still trying to take chances and he got called on the first one. And that was, that was a wrap. Um, and you're not going to do any damage to Ray Mysterio, um, especially in 2019. Um, and Samoa Joe looks good picking up a dominant victory. Uh, that takes us to, um, we got Roman Reigns and this is his big one-on-one return to the ring taking on Drew McIntyre. Um, I went with a 2.75. Um, if you're talking about night two of a WrestleMania and Uh this is the second match on it. Right. Wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Um, this is a big, this is usually the style of match I like at WrestleMania where you have like right. a almost an, an attraction match with two of your your guys that are left out of the main event pitcher, um, but are main eventers. Um, so this was a, a perfectly fine match. Maybe it felt a little bit more like a raw match, but again, it didn't need it didn't need to be a classic, it didn't need to be yeah. an epic. They went out there, whatever it got, 10 minutes or whatever, and it was a, a perfectly fine match, and it was a feel-good moment. Uh getting Roman back out there and uh, seeing him pick up the win and look good. Yeah, I mean, it's two guys that needed uh, a media slot. Like, McIntyre has been a workhorse through most of the season, so you want him to have a prolific match. Reigns is coming back over the last month or so. And I love this. It only goes 10 minutes. Like, they didn't overdo it, right? This is perfect. Mm-hmm. It wasn't great. I mean, I went two and three quarters as well. Roman's obviously a little bit of rusty. Um, tough slot in the card. But it was a good use of Roman out of the title picture. Let him work his way back in work with drew and go 10 minutes and it's like all that is good i have no qualms at all so i wish i could say the same for our next match uh which is the ultimate blow off of evolution that nobody really asked for and that is triple h defeating batista by pinfall in a no holes barred match if triple h had lost he'd have to retire uh they go 25 minutes uh this is batista's final match in the company um this my friend is a disaster uh, of <laughs> major proportions. Um, you know, we are four hours into the show at this point. From the beginning of the video package to the end of Triple H walking out, they get 41 minutes. You know, so now we're talking about ways to save time. And I get it. Like, Batista's a legend. Triple H is a legend. Like, they wanted to have a, a Legends match. Fine. I'm good with the idea of it. They did not need that much time. It just did not need that much time on this card. Tonight Mania, fucking have at it, right? You know what I mean? But like, <laughs> but like on this card at this point of the night, to go 25 minutes with another 16 of bullshit is like completely unnecessary. Um, the match is boring. The highlight is the nose ring getting ripped out. And I love Batista. I'm like a Batista die. Like, I love him. Uh, especially heel Batista. Uh, this was not the way to go. So I gave him two stars because there's enough in here. But, man, just what a bad – whatever. I, I don't think anyone ever gets clouded more at WrestleMania than Triple H. Like, he makes okay decisions elsewhere at times. But this guy's track record of decision-making at WrestleMania is abysmal. Abysmal. Outside of WrestleMania 30. Like, like everything else is a freaking disaster. Beating Sting, main eventing WrestleMania's he should have re- main event, you know, going 
freaking 30 minutes here or 25 minutes here. Like he never makes good decisions. Like the Reigns debacle at 32, him and uh, Rollins or whatever the fuck it was. No, who did he, did he fight Rollins at uh, He fought Rollins 33? At, at 33, oh, yeah. And I'll give him the Rousey match. That was good. Like 30 and yeah. 34. Beyond that, there's not a lot cooking for him as far as decision making. The Booker T debacle, like there's yeah. so many bad uh, beating, beating Orton. Yes, yep. Yeah. Um, I went 1.75, and I am also in the 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 S tier of Batista fans. I love Dave Batista. I love Hollywood heel Dave Batista. Love yeah. every incarnation of Dave Batista. Um, Blue Tista. Blue Tista, great. Um. That's an S tier Batista. I thought watching this live the first time, I thought, man, what a shame. Batista's retiring. Mm-hmm. He's still got one more run. The fans kind of sabotaged the, the, the 2014 run. He was ready to get back. He looked good. Come on. When I watched this again, I was like, oh, it's time. <laughs> it's time. And I'm not even sure how he got through this match. Um, I understand going at a slower pace, the WWE main event style, uh, how that can can hide a lot of flaws. And um, I still think it was just too long for both of these guys to be out here. Triple H coming off a torn peck. Kidding me? You don't need to be going, though, 25, 30 minutes, 46 minutes total uh, in the segment. Um, it was masturbatory. Um, again, as, as most Triple H WrestleMania matches tend to be. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not a not a fan. It was disappointing, and the nose ring thing happens like what five minutes into the match. Yeah, and then it's nothing <laughs> after that. Like I just watched it for the show, and I don't remember anything about it. Like it was in one one eye and out the other. <laughs> like, stuff with the ring steps, it takes forever. It all just everything takes forever. There's like taking your time and then taking forever, and like this yeah. just took forever, especially this late. Like I mean, four hours yeah. in. You know, we're getting close to probably 1130 at this point, right? Because I feel like the main event starts around then. So, and the next two matches are quick. So maybe 11-ish, 11 o'clock if at night. I remember right, they did the entrances at midnight for the main event. Yeah, because I think it ends around 1220 or something. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think this is probably like after, it's after 1115 or so when this ends. So, uh, it's it's a tough Decision. And yeah, th- this is where the show comes to a screeching halt. Like we, we kind of talked yeah. about this being a long WrestleMania. Okay, where does it hit that point? We've been humming and like, sure, there's matches, it, things might slow down, but it's not the screeching halt. And like it right. hit that point here. Yeah, I mean, you could argue if you just take this match off the card, it's a great man. <laughs> like, like and not to put it all on them, but you're cutting 45 minutes off of the show and a bad match. Yeah. Give no. him maybe another couple of minutes to, you know, and, and honestly, the next match you could dump too. And if you took these two matches off um, and just go right to the last two, I think this mania is like you're talking all time. Yeah, our next match is uh, Kurt Angle in his last match for WWE, taking on Baron Corbin. Uh, Corbin in his uh, TGI Fridays bartender attire. <laughs> Um, what a fucking yeah! I I went I went two and a half. Um, I thought this match was exactly what it should have been. Um, I know people wanted Angle to win, but I thought as, as an actual match, I thought it was relatively quick. Everybody got their spots in. There was no fat on the bone. Like I thought, I thought it was I thought it was trim. I thought it, it was what it should have been. Um, you should say Angle 
is probably deserving of more. But at the same time, I don't know if he has more in him. I know to this day he still says that he does, but he's another one kind of looking at Batista. Like, it's just a bad matchup. Like, so I yeah. went one and a half. Corbin winning is stupid only because he doesn't need the run, the rub, and he's not going to get one from beating Angle at this point. So, like, this isn't really going to do much for him besides piss people off and, like, not in a good way. He's already got a ton of stupid heat, like, on all the bullshit he's been doing. So, to me, like, I'd rather just give Angle the moment. Like, there's no benefit to this. He's not putting over the hot new star. It's like beating him in a, is a waste. Of, it's a waste of beating him. So, I just would have had him. This is what you do the 30 seconds. Like, Corbin charges, Angle slam, Angle lock, Angle celebrates. Because even when he loses, Angle's upset, like smiling and like, like, thanks everyone. Like, it doesn't even matter. It's like, it's so stupid. It means nothing. Um, this was dumb. Honestly, like, I love Batista. I know he wanted his farewell, but I think putting Corbin in the battle royal where Braun throws him out because that's been the feud anyway is really Braun and Corbin. Um, and then doing Triple H and Angle in a callback to last year. That's that's Angle's like most iconic feud for the most part outside of Austin. And give him 15. And then if you want to have Triple H beat Angle, who cares? Right at that point, it's okay. It's Angle's farewell, and he loses the uh, Legends match. I don't care. But like then you then maybe you cut both of these and you save some time, right? Um, so maybe that's the way to go about it too. But is, is, a, is there a way to get to a tag match where you've got yeah. Angle and Triple H taking on Corbin and Batista? Or not, maybe someone else. I, I just, I, Corbin just doesn't fit. He was more like Drew and stuff and and the next guy, like in that little weird three. Mm. I mean, I, I want an IC title match. I'm not advocating Balor Lashley not be an IC title match, but maybe you do something where Triple H, Angle, and Balor take on Lashley, Corbin, and Batista, because then you can say, like, Drew's busy, so we're going to bring in a guy that hates you, Triple H, as much as we do, and it's Batista. So maybe you do something like that instead and keep it hot, do a hot six, you know, six man tag or something. Because okay. Angle, you know, was doing the GM thing anyway. So, mm-hmm. all right. So that does bring us to our IC title match. Finn Balor retains, uh, I'm sorry, wins the IC title over Bobby Lashley. Four minutes. Um, again, this was fine. I went two and three quarters. It, it's a classic, you know, jammed in before the main event mania match that gets shorted <laughs> on time. I mean, it is right. It is what it is at this point. Um, I think they had potential to do something better. I'm just happy to see them on the card. Yeah, this is this is Bobby and Red Rooster WrestleMania Five. Uh, it, it's Rick, Rick Rude and Jimmy yep. Stucker. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it's it's in the same spirit. Um, so I went ahead and gave this uh, two and three quarters as well. Again, they kept it they kept it slim, they kept it trim, and uh, you know we got Demon Balor winning the Intercontinental Title. So yeah, it's in a moment. Um, but they, they but wanted the entrance for Demon Balor at WrestleMania. This is one that could have benefited from dumping Triple H and Batista and Angle Corbin. Oh, yeah. Then you give this an extra six or seven. You're still saving. You know, forty-ish minutes off of this. You're cutting this down to five-hour show. You're done more like eleven fifteen, eleven twenty. Like it's way more palatable, way more palatable. Yeah. Um, all all right. right, main event. Main event time. It is, of course, winner take all for the Raw and SmackDown women's title. We have uh, a Raw Rumble winner, Becky Lynch, challenging Randy SmackDown Rizzi. women's champion Charlotte Flair and Raw women's champion Big Ron Rousey. On a triple threat match, of course, this is the first all-female um, WrestleMania main event. Uh, I went ahead and gave, of course, Ron, uh, Becky Lynch picks up the win with a controversial pin on Ron Rousey. And uh, I went with a three. Um, I, I'm 
not trying to deal on hot takes here, but I know what people wanted was Ron Rousey and Becky Lynch. I know that's where the heat was. Um, but we're still very much in like the good match era in 2019. Right. And when you need a good match, you call Charlotte Flair in the, the WWE women's division at this time. And I think I thought the match was always going to be Rousey and Flair. I that thought was definitely that really the, plan. the that heat was definitely and the money plan. was. Yeah. That was that was the money match. That was your two biggest names. And it was, to me, still your best female talent taking on your biggest name in Ron Rousey, which is what you want your main event to be. Um, but Becky Lynch got incredibly hot uh, in Survivor, uh, around Survivor Series time and stayed hot that whole time. So you got to get her in there uh, to keep the fan interest and, and keep things interesting. Um, I felt like if it was Rousey and Lynch at this time, I think we're looking at probably not a great match, probably not a good match. Um, and not even sure how the moment would have played out if they would have went out there and had a stinker at 1230 at night. Right. Um, so I, I felt like it was necessary for it to be a triple threat match. I don't know if it needed all the bells and whistles of the SmackDown women's championship and, uh, the, the mug shots the, and yeah. the, the parking lot, bro, every, the, every angle, the, the knee injury, everything, the, the Rousey suspension or quitting, whatever. Um, well, shoehorning the both titles in, you know what I mean? Yeah, so both like, titles. And I that, felt that's like this screwed was, Asuka, because they wanted both belts yeah. in the match. And so Asuka that, was yeah. the, the odd person out. So, stick so I, I have no problem with Charlotte being in the match. I'm with you. Mm -hmm. Like, I think it adds... She deserves it after the, after her season and, and being like, if you're going to have a main event of Mania with the women, like she deserves to be in that. I just would have went one further and said, Asuka also deserves, just keep the belt on her, have her come in as champ, and then do all four women. And I think that would have been the way to go. Those are the four women that have carried your whole season to this point. Becky blew up. She should win. But Asuka deserved every every bit of being in that match. I think it levels up if she's in it. Um, but it had a tough draw. It's, again... The end of a seven, eight hour night, the crowd is burnt. Like they have a lot of pressure. You could tell they're pressing a little bit in the match. Um, it just, it was, a, it was a hard spot for them. It was a hard spot to deliver. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I went three, like, like I, I, I think it's uh, actually went three and a quarter. Like it's good. I think it's good, but it definitely is not, you know, does, it doesn't hit the levels that you think they could have hit. Mm. So, all right, uh, let's move over to our, oh, so let's just explain the grades real quick. So what we do is we take an average of your grade and my grade, uh, and then we plus minus that from uh, two and a half. So if we consider two and a half to be an average match score, if our average grade, say, is a four uh, of our grades, that's a plus 1.5, right? So we do that for every match, plus minus from that me median uh, and total that up. So WrestleMania 35 is a total in-ring score of 6.75, which is honestly on the higher end of in-ring grades for us. But there's also a shitload of matches. So it's a little bit compiling of like like mid-range grades. But, you know, it could have been negative. So it, it does okay. Um, but now we're going to move over to the rest of our category. So here on the show, what we do is if we look at everything on a replacement level, and it's the most average part or average thing of a wrestling show you can think of. Uh, for everything that was better than average, we give a plus. For everything that's below average, we give a minus. We net that all out across a series of categories that we're going to get into now. That's your total war score, and then we'll stack rank it. 
accordingly. So, uh, for example, let's get into build, Marcus. So here's everything we thought was uh, above replacement level, above average. We give a point from Rollins, wanted to take the title back from Brock. He wants this part-timer out of here. He wants to run him away and take over the title and put it back into full-time action. A point for Kofi's meteoric rise, uh, push for being a sudden mania contender. Brian's kind of a B-plus player, which is great. Uh, New Day's hyping him up. We actually went two for that because it was so well done and there's so many nuances to it. We give a point for Roman making his comeback, but Drew's in his way, says he's taken over the WWE while Roman is out. It's not what it used to be. He ties that into the Shield ending at Fastlane. Uh, we gave two points for Batista's return. Uh, he does have a pretty good return. He attacks Triple H during Flair's birthday, beats the crap out of him, uh, <laughs> yeah. sets himself up for an evolution blow up. Uh, and then a point for Becky's rise, uh, Ronda switching heel, Charlotte in the mix, just all the big parking lot brawl, they kick it out the windows, they're all getting arrested. Um, so that we gave a point for that. It was creative enough to, to set up the main event. So that's all your plus points on the build. What do you got on the minus side? Uh, we've got our uh, Miz and McMahon never-ending story, your personal favorite, uh, Angle and Corbin. Uh, just be the feud and, and the use of Angle in his retirement match. It's 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 you know they could have done a lot better. Um, and then Oscar losing the SmackDown title to Charlotte um, when, like you said, you could have just threw Oscar in the match um, and said you're le- you're leaving Oscar out, and uh, it really ends a great reign for her and mm-hmm. completely knocks her off of WrestleMania uh, a card proper. All right, so that's a neg- uh, net out of four for build. Uh, commentary, we didn't talk much about during the matches, but we got a lot going on here. It's uh, it's it's an interesting night. So we gave a point for Cole, uh, noting that Rollins is undefeated at Mania, so that gets that right out of the gate. It's a good start for him. Uh, we get a point for using King's Territory Days, comparing it to AJ Styles' rise up to WWE through the Indies. I thought that was a nice addition. Uh, a point for the great commentary throughout by, uh, Brian and Kofi, some of Byron's best work. You could tell this was a personal mm. moment for him. He's Byron Saxon is locked in. Uh, point for Booker complaining. He only got a few minutes at the table. He said, I did all that <laughs> prep for nothing uh, for Samoa Joe and Ray, which was funny. Um, and I, we gave a point. I like the idea of the guest commentators. Like, mm-hmm. we don't have the strongest booth. So bringing in a, a legend commentator, uh, you know, for depending on the concept was a good way to mix things up and like, all right, Booker for the U S title, you know, like, like all these different voices coming in JBL out for the IC title, like, you know, or for, uh, for angles, final match. I mean, uh, Shawn Michaels is out there for triple H Batista. That makes sense. Page for the women Waller for styles again, like we talked about. So I like mixing in the different voices, especially when we have such a tepid announce team. Yeah. Um, and it, you have so many legends, like you said, like, this is a great use of them. Get them in the booth. Yep um for our negatives though uh got a lot so buckle in uh we got graves already grading within three minutes of the show over the top with uh alex and hogan yelling he's here he's here what a moment he's uh, here <laughs> <laughs> you, you think it was a 10 10 10 all over again mm. uh page and renee together um it's a lot um not not their best work uh during the uh the women's tag title match uh shadows of new york city all night uh, no less than 5,000 times to be exact. Uh, Renee trending uh, heel a little bit and flipping with Graves. It's, it's a bit of a weird approach. doesn't really feel natural for her. No. Uh, Renee disappears at times. It's easy to forget that she's even out there. Too much Corey Graves during the um, Kofi Bryan and Reigns McIntyre matches. Dominates the airways. He's, he dominates. And that's where the partners disappear. Um, Renee super forced and, and annoying with the Cena stuff, laughing and yelling. Yes. Um, 
Yeah, we didn't get into the Cena stuff yet. We'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah. Uh, Cole talking about how Batista is now a movie star and how it could affect him. Um, but Batista is doing a standard wrestler entrance, and Triple H is the one that's doing the grand cosplay stuff um, with the, the 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 what was that? The Mad Max or whatever was that? This yeah, one? Mad no, Max not Mad Max. Entrance. No, the, no, um, that that was thirty two Mad Max. This was just the the um the Dune buggy. That's what yeah, this yeah, one. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, announcers piling on um towards the confusion of the ending. Um, instead of celebrating Becky winning the title, they're mm-hmm. they're more talking about the shoulder being up and did the referee see it? And, you know, her shoulder was up, but was the shoulder blade up and whatever. Uh, Graves acting as if he's got no idea what uh, Dancers R-Truth is doing. Um, it's like not knowing what the Macarena is in like 1996. Like R-Truth is out here doing Fortnite dances. Like these right. are, yeah. Um, and he's trying to sound like, you know, out of touch old man, but like, dude, you're what, 35? Um, right, yeah, you should know. Controlling emotions in the main event, uh, minus two here. Yes, our no disqualification, uh, no count out, anything goes, triple threat match. We still have to control our emotions. Cole losing his voice, understandable, with a 10-hour show. Uh, but he does sound like uh, the Wheezy Penguin from the top shelf in uh, Toy Story. <laughs> so that's a negative eight for commentary. So And we had a lot of positives. So that's just a yeah. rough night. Um, all right, atmosphere. We gave a point for the massive video wall entrance. Had a very special feel to it. Looked great. I mean, you know, we go back and forth at Hogan of the show, but a point for his big pop when Alexa brings him out. The crowd goes nuts. A point for the massive burn it down from the crowd and reaction when Rollins wins. A point for the DX reunion that does get a fun moment uh, during the Hall of Fame ceremony. A point for the big pop for Miz and Shane's superplex. A point for the Iconics and their Maleficent gear. Look great. A point for Kofi's entrance. Got a big pop. A point for the pop for Kofi winning and a celebration. Uh, a point for McIntyre's New York Police Department pipes and drums entrance. Kind of a callback to Roddy Piper. It was neat. A point for Elias being super over. Crowd really into him. Uh, again, a point. We didn't, we'll talk about it here, I guess, maybe for a minute. John Cena interrupts Elias. And he does his classic basic thugonomics. He's got the old theme. And he cuts a battle rap on Elias. And was really well done. I thought it was a good use of Cena, honestly, uh, and Elias. I liked it a lot, even though you may feel like maybe it, was a, it didn't feel like a real time waster to me. I actually feel like a value add. Uh, mm-hmm. So a, a big pop for Cena. Uh, always a pop. Uh, always a point for I Walk Alone. Batista's entrance, always great. Even though he didn't get the bells and whistles, it still stands the test of time. A uh, point for Carrot Angle getting a classic WrestleMania entrance. A point for Demon Balor in a huge stadium. A point for Charlotte does the helicopter entrance. has an insane robe. Just a full-on Ric Flair tribute. And then a point for at 12 o'clock at night, rolling out Joan Jett and the Blackhearts to sing uh, Bad Reputation. Uh, you know, kudos to them for doing that. But. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I thought Charlotte um, looked amazing. Uh, yeah. Helicopter and entrance. Um, for our minuses, we got uh, for Al Black. He gets the, the cool closer entrance and, and all the effects, but the crowd goes mild. Um, crowd dead for the women's tag match, unfortunately. Crowd is dead for Batista and Triple H instead of um, you know really being up for this heated grudge brawl uh, match. Silence for the Corbin entrance. The crowd is pissed off that Angle lost for really no good reason. Mm-hmm. Alexa says it's time for a, a dance break um, <laughs> at approximately four hours and forty minutes into a show. Uh, and and the crowd boos. <laughs> she gets booed. She's like, it's time for a break. It's like no, it's eleven forty-five. Like we're good. <laughs> I had to go home. Uh, yeah, everybody's exhausted. Um, the crowd is quiet for you know a good main event, but they're just worn out from the night. Um, they're not quite up for such a historic moment. 
so plus nine for atmosphere. I, I thought this crowd was again. I, I was in it, but whatever. Like I, I was. It's actually underrated. I think it was, they were very good throughout the whole. Night. Uh, yeah. Especially yeah. when you consider what they sat through. Like, they, I feel like it doesn't really die till Triple H Batista, and even then, it wakes back up for Angle until he loses. Um, and and you know the main event is just it's so end of the road by then for them. So it's just it was tough. But I, I thought it's a it's a pretty underrated crowd. All right, there's a lot of moments on the show, so let's talk about it. We give a point for Rollins becomes Universal Champion. A uh, point for the final super bloated one night mania end of the run. After all this time, a point for the Ricochet and Black WrestleMania debuts. A point for George the Miz putting the Dukes up in a pretty classic moment. A point for Beth Phoenix having a WrestleMania return. A point for the Iconics winning the women's tag team titles. Three points for the all-time classic Kofi Mania everything. Uh, a point for the Outsiders being together at WrestleMania with their bit with Jost and Che. A point for Samoa Joe's WrestleMania debut. Two points for Roman's uh, return from leukemia. I mean, that's that's a big moment. A point for Cena going back to the NYC WrestleMania old school doctor at Thugonomics. A point for Batista's retirement match. A point for Angle's retirement match. Three points for closing the show with the women. It's the first time ever. A point for Finn Balor winning the IC title. Two points for Becky Two Belts winning both championships. And then also a point, it is the first ever WrestleMania that Undertaker misses not due to injury because he's officially retired. So the only other manias okay. he had missed at this point were usually due to injury. Uh, so this is the first post-mania, a uh, post-taker mania since WrestleMania 7. Wow. All right. Um, let's get into our minuses for noble moments and importance. Uh, we've got Shane beating The Miz. Uh, how much more can we really do? Uh, again, Miz being an active competitor and Shane not. Mm-hmm. Uh, boo-boo face all over uh, the women's tag team champions, in our opinion. Uh, Sasha and Bailey crying on the floor. Rumors overshadowing the match. Um, you know whether it's true or not. Uh, that was the story of uh, kind of the story leaving the weekend. Um, yeah. And uh, you know with the rumors of AEW popping up, it was like, all right, what's going on? Um, after being heavily involved in the title picture all season, Braun is uh, in the Andre the Giant pre-show battle royal against the SNL guys. And again, it doesn't really get the publicity. Um, right. I think that they were expecting. Angle loses his last match to Corbin. Angle then just cuts the promo and celebrates like he didn't wrestle at all and there was no consequences. Um, may, and it does take the heat off for the win um, for Corbin. So my, went minus three for that one. Yeah, that might uh, seem heavy for that. Like, but to me, that's an all-time bad mania moment. Like, I'm sorry. Like, Kurt Angle's one of the most legendary competitors. He's a Hall of Famer at this point. Um, to see him lose to to Baron, Cor- I know you like him, but to Baron Corbin in three minutes at the back end of a mania and then smiling and giggling a minute later, like none of it made sense. And I think it's, it just wasn't necessary to have him go out like this. Like he doesn't even need a mania match. If you want to have him have a retirement match, sell another show with it, like mm-hmm. center backlash or whatever around angles right. retirement, like, and then give him a proper moment. He doesn't need this. He had a mania match last year. So like, it's like, yeah, now one in forever. So right. it just, you know, Book, I love the book guy, a show, but... do it in Pittsburgh, yeah. solid arena, and and do it proper. You didn't you didn't need this, especially back to back with Batista. Um, no. so in minus, minus three there, uh, we got my man Dolph Ziggler, the Zigzag Man, uh, not on the show. Was um, he hurt? I, he's like dominant all season, and he's yeah, not and here. I feel like he's almost never hurt. So. Even if he was yeah, sick with the Battle Royal or have him come out with yeah. Drew. Well, I guess him and Drew would split up, but there's yeah, going to be something he... for him, to, some way to get him, even a backstage segment. Like, he was a major part of the season. Uh, oh, yeah. And then he's not All even throughout. anywhere to be seen. 
Yeah. Uh, so that that was a, a, a big uh, mission. Uh, we got nothing for Owens, who, who just came back at the last pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's nowhere to be seen. Oscar uh, not on the show proper after a fantastic se- season. Um, really holding down and being the driving force of the SmackDown women's division. Uh, and then the messy finish to the main event leads to an anticlimactic moment uh, and announcer confusion. Yeah. So, I mean, look, even with all those negatives, we're still at a plus 11 for moments. So a lot happened on the show and we just named, they probably would have been upwards of 20 if they didn't sag it down. Um, the, I would say the big four losers of the, of the season to not make mania were Oscar, um, Ziggler, Owens and Strowman. Like those are the four that had really big seasons. Um, Owens, Owens, not as much of a big season, but he came back hot and not there. And I, and then I'd lump like angle in just for, the way everything went down with him but um all right uh card structure we gave a point for starting hot with an unexpected quick rollins win uh it's a brawl Heyman makes it seem like an audible this everything was well done to start the show following that up with orton styles which is wrestled and functions as a proper opener you talked about that makes it like that was supposed to be the opener uh, a point for getting all the smackdown teams in that was well done because they all deserve a spot like we talked about a point to go fast squash with Ray and Joe after Brian and Kofi's odyssey, keeping it unpredictable. A point for using Elias and Cena well. Um, maybe could have tightened it up a little bit with the length of the card, but they made a really good WrestleMania star segment. Um, a point for the IC title still being present well. It's a top men's match on the night. Close the show. A point for the women's main event, WrestleMania. A point for the super long card being wrestling focused. It's not like other manias with his all bullshit bloating it. Like, and this has been a story of the season. Like it's been all in ring, which you think would be great. Just for whatever reason, doesn't click. Um, but there was very little video packages and very little nonsense. It's just a, a massive roster that they gave a bunch of time to. So that's the story of the season to me is just, there's so much focus on in ring action with great wrestlers that you think would be a all time season, but it just never clicks. Yeah. Uh, let's get into our minuses because we got plenty here for card structure. Uh, over a five hour show has a bunch, bunch of random stuff, it just all piles up and adds up as we go. Uh, we got Lacey Evans also coming out, uh, in the wee hours <laughs> of the night, oh um, walking around for no good reason. Uh, look, I love Fancy Hat Lady. Um, this was not the time or place for that. No. Uh, Shane's never ending entrance. Stuber all over the place. Uh, <laughs> Batista's money grab movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, multiple Alexa Bliss segments as she's the host. Uh, we went mi- minus three for that. All that. That's, all. Misby, That's everything. Yeah. So everything that, like, I, we talked a minute ago that they didn't bloat it, but the shit that did was, like, really unnecessary. So it's, yeah, the yeah. ads, Lacey, Shane's mm-hmm. entrance, Stuber, Bliss, like, that's all a minus three. It's all of that crap that could have easily been cut. Like, none of it was necessary. Yep. Uh, Shane and Miz, as we talked about, instead of going, what, 15, they could have cut that down to eight. Um, no, we d- no no reason to have that epic brawl structure um, and have most of it hidden to the, you know, inside the crowd. Um, yep. Just super hard to see. Um, continued use of Sasha and Bailey just feels off, um, similar to Evolution, <laughs> um, where they were just kind of thrown into the, the, the six-woman tag match. Uh, Triple H and Batista are given way too much time as usual. We talked about that. And it's way too late in the show for uh, these kind of Triple H shenanigans. Did nobody any favors. Um, I don't think anybody felt sad to see Batista go after that match. And it didn't feel like Triple H was really triumphant uh, either. Uh, Batista, the movie star, not really getting the movie star entrance. Um, Instead, that goes to Triple H. Uh, Full Dune Buggy Jones uh, with his entrance. 
nearly four hours into the show that happens. Um, again, this segment, 41 minutes from video package to the end of the segment. So minus two there. Truth and Carmella coming out for the dance break and rapping five hours into the show um, for no good reason. Uh, they waited until four, four hours and 39 minutes into the pay-per-view proper to announce the attendance and the audacity for this to bleed in <laughs> to another Alexa Bliss segment. Yep. Uh, and then finally, not the time or place for a controversial finish, shoot or not. Because um, there's been speculation whether, you know, uh, Ron might have had somebody get in her ears, tell her to get her shoulder up, leave some money on the table, come back to. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was the story you're telling is, is it's it's Becky's moment. It's Becky's night. Um, and said it kind of finished with a whimper. So. So I think we, for card structure. we kind of doubled up that Triple H. So I deleted one of them because we had it long and then we took two away again for the 41 minutes. So it felt a little heavy. So we, I took one off okay. um, and adjusted it. So that's a negative four, though, still for card structure. A lot of work could have been done and tighten this up. And not many big changes are needed. Like we're talking slicing little things here and there, tighten them some screws up on different things and you're a much tighter show overall. Rewatchability, we have a point for Aleister Black's entrance, which looked really cool um, in this setting. A point for Cesaro doing an insane giant swing to Ricochet uh, as Sheamus is beating the shadow of Black with four arms behind him. <laughs> Looked uh, really cool. A point for the Iconics tag team celebration after they won the belts. It was, was a really cool moment. A point for Kofi celebration. Uh, a point for Cena's rap, which was which was really good. I, I watch that again. And then Angle's farewell, lost or not, making no sense or not. He still gets to go out with a smile on his face. They chant, you suck for him one last time. Um, so that was cool. All right. Um, looking into the minuses for rewatchability, uh, we got Hogan uh, in his segment makes a bad Silverdome uh, dad joke, and he uh. still messes up by saying the MetLife Center instead of <laughs> Stadium. Uh, Why would he say long. center? Like it looks nothing like a center. Uh, uh, Shane's entrance with the multiple announcements of being best in the world—that's um, kind of something that was going on on TV that we didn't see a ton of uh, on the pay-per-views. Triple H ripping out Batista's nose ring, um, cringy, gross, and also is the highlight of a 40-minute segment, uh, you know, two minutes into the match. Uh, Angle losing to Corbin, Truth and Carmella dancing and rapping five hours into the show, and then uh, the messy botch finished to the main event. All right, so that's a net of zero on rewatchability. We had one all-time match with Kofi and Brian, uh, no all-time bad. Uh, for all-time match, Marcus and I both had to go four and a quarter and above, all-time bad. Three, uh, three quarters of a star and below. Um, so neither of those hit. Uh, we didn't have any bad. I should say we had one good. Uh, so that gives us a net score of 19.75 for this WrestleMania, Marcus. All right. Um, you know, I would say that's probably a little both surprising and disappointing at the same time, <laughs> I guess. Um, I think it's disappointing because there is a lot of good. There's a lot of moments. It's a hot crowd. Um, but they really shot themselves in the foot with card structure. Uh, and, and it wasn't a lot that they could have had to do to really tighten us up, right? Um, so in 1975, that puts it at 42nd all-time uh, out of 107 shows. So it's top half for us. Uh, but looking at Mania, is this behind? Like, it's behind WrestleMania 18. It's behind WrestleMania 21. It's behind WrestleMania 32. Uh, and that's it for Mania's. Um, it's above WrestleMania tw- uh, 2. It's above 28. It's above 2,000. It's above 9. Nine's the worst Mania we've watched so far. So I mean, uh, I'm sorry, then 11. 11's the worst we've watched. So, 
it ends up grading out to a middle of the road mania on a middle of the road pay-per-view uh, when it could have been so much more. When you look at the talent they had and everything they had going on, all the moments and the crowd and the atmosphere and the look, that is, it was the story of the season. It was it was a perfect encapsulation of what plagued the season. It was long. It was bloated when it didn't need to be. Um, they could have done some stuff to make it tightened up a little bit and just not and just kill the excess. But it's kind of the almost the end of the excess era. There's a little bit more before COVID, but this is kind of this feels like the peak of the true excess era. Yeah, and they had a couple layups on this night that should have been huge all-time moments. Um, you know that that you know kind of the kind of moments that go into video packages. And instead, like you know, Batista's retirement, nobody's nobody's going to think twice about that. Nope. Uh, unfortunately, Becky winning both titles. I feel like it's not, yeah. it's not, you remember the Becky anymore. two belts thing from after more than the moment right. winning. Yeah. So like you, you, you can't rewatch, you can't show that finish. Like you can never use that finish again. So, so that's gone. Angle um, as the, well. Angle's the angle as well. You, you waste that. So the only real big thing on this night is what Rollins. was a masterpiece. And that was uh Kofi and, um, oh, yeah. and, and I think uh, Rollins and, and that was cool, yeah. but you know, that was quickly, um, <laughs> undone by their own booking um right. as we get into 2019 i uh, will see how they treat that but um you know that they, they kind of shot themselves in the foot too so you know kind of apropos with the booking um the show itself this is like on the surface a good show that could have been an all-time show that just couldn't get out of its own way yeah yep all right so what we usually do here at the end of a season is we go through some awards so why don't we dive into that uh, our first award is MVP. We decided on Charlotte. Uh, right. You know, I think there was there's some decent options on this on this year, but it's it's more people that just had a lot of opportunity, but they didn't always cash in on that opportunity. Like AJ Styles should have seemed like a no brainer, honestly, with all the mm -hmm. the TV time and title matches and and challengers that he had. Um, but but a lot of them were disappointing, right? So that didn't really hit. Seth Rollins, we talked about. I think he was a close contender. Uh, Reigns wasn't really on enough. Um, we talked about Ronda, but I think Charlotte really was what drove the women's division. She had multiple great matches up and down the card. She was the biggest star on the women's side. And this is the year that the women are most highly regarded. So um, at least to this point in history. So I, I think um, her being the forebearer in a season where we had the first ever women's mania main event made a lot of sense. Yeah. And for me, um, I felt like the season was a little bit of like a, I don't know, like a, a pain in the butt to get through. And the first, the first really good thing I thought was kind of uh, the triple threat match at SummerSlam. I was like, right. okay, this is what I remember this season being. Uh, and Charlotte was, of course, a, a big part of that. And so was Becky. Um, but then again, kind of died down a little bit until we got to Survivor Series. And yep. it's supposed to be Becky's spot, but Charlotte's the one that's in there. And that was like, okay, we got something. And then we kind of go with TLC. And, you know, I thought she held together the rumble. That was another yes. big factor for me was even though that rumble wasn't great. Can you imagine what it would have been without Charlotte? Um, so I just thought she was crucial to the season, like you said. And when the women are getting um, much deserved, much deserved focus, um, I thought she was the MVP. All right. Uh, Silver Slugger. So that's the wrestler that has the highest match uh, grade. Um, of all the matches we graded 
and it has to be a minimum of what we say like at least a quarter of the shows i think that's yeah. yeah so it has to be a decent chunk at least um so we were becky lynch actually an average match grade of 3.67 so um that doesn't put her really near the top of all of our seasons our highest is the war raiders at 4.42 from the same year same season of nxt um the lowest is Bret Hart, 92-93 at 3.34. Hogan is at 3.38 from 85-86. Austin, 99-2000 at 3.57. And then Becky. So um, a lower-end silver slugger for us, kind of a down year mm -hmm. for average. Yeah, again, you would have thought AJ Styles would have walked away with this. Oh, yeah. Especially if you look at his contenders. I mean, Plenty geez. of opportunity. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, our Vince Scully award for the best announcer, a tough season. We ended up going with Tom Phillips. I mean, he was the most consistently strong, solid, uh, you know, Cole, a lot of downs, grave, shaky Renee. We were not fans of for most of. So, uh, Phillips was kind of the steward of the, of the shows for us. Yep. Big Tom. All right. All what's right. our, uh, Mendoza award. So this is the lowest average match average for someone that at least had a X percentage. And that is the undertaker at a 1.625. Um, this, this season is so bad. They actually make a documentary about it, about yeah. how he can't quit because he keeps having bad matches when he's trying to have good matches to leave the business on. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the crown jewel stuff didn't help him. The super showdown, like all that stuff was wretched. Uh, this is his second win. He won the first season we ever did 94, 95 with a 1.1. So this was better than that. Our lowest is Jacqueline in 99, 2000 with a 0.67. So, uh, there you go. All right. LVP. We ended up going Baron Corbin. Uh, again, he just ate up so much time from both an in-ring and an angle standpoint with the GM stuff. He had nothing good in any way. It was a constant presence on every show, and it was a heat suck in everything he did. Yeah, I think it was back at TLC. We talked about that being the first signs of Vince really losing his fastball um, with the booking of, of Moxley. And all throughout the season, like Corbin, he's a, a very capable pro athlete. He's a, I think he's a good wrestler. Um, but, like, what are you doing? Like, you're, you're booking this guy to be Vince McMahon's ideal of what a heel is. And it just doesn't work in 2019. Um, so, yeah, LVP for him. I feel bad for him. But um, we'll, we'll get some tips at the uh, the Applebee's bartending. <laughs> All right. Uh, performance. We ended up going with uh, what we talked about tonight. It was Daniel Bryan, Eric Rowan, and the New Day at WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. We A little of a cop-out to go with everyone. But there was such a masterpiece package. The best of the season by far. Um, is it our only five-star match of the season? Do so. So, and they all played a huge role in it. Yeah. Um, again, excellent segment. Uh, couldn't couldn't just take away anybody. Couldn't just make it about Brian or Kofi. Uh, everybody added to the whole package. All right, rookie of the year. There weren't a ton of options this year. Like Ronda, probably should have, but she was at Mania 34, so that eliminates mm -hmm. her from the running. For us, a rookie is someone that didn't have any pay-per-view matches prior to the season. So prior to Greatest Royal Rumble 18, they couldn't have been on pay-per-view. So that takes out Ronda. So we went with the Iconics. Um, they had some good pay-per-view moments. They had the fun moment in Super Showdown in their hometown, and then the win here. So there honestly weren't many other contenders. Yeah. Uh, all right, most main events. Now we've got some counting uh, categories. So Roman Reigns uh, with only four. So that shows you there was a lot of variance this year in mm -hmm. main events. They really mixed it up. 
up and down the card. Um, you know, for a season of 15 shows, like he's easily the lowest, like Bret Hart only had two in 92, 93, but there's only five shows. Right. So, um, reigns at four is easily our lowest outside of an 85, 86, you know, scenario. So. Yeah. Um, I was surprised that it is only four and that's, that's all it took to win it. Uh, most matches won. Seth Rollins won 10 nah. pay-per-view matches on 15 pay-per-views. So he had a very strong season. Again, I think he's probably our MVP runner-up when you look at it. Mm. Uh, most title matches, no surprise here. That's AJ Styles, was champion for most of the year. Uh, had a ton of pay-per-view defenses across the board as champion. Um, nothing broke four stars, I don't think, but it was all uh, a lot. Uh, most matches lost. We had a tie between The Miz and Samoa Joe with eight combined, lo- uh, or I'm sorry, eight total losses each. So tough seasons for them. But again, a lot of pay-per-view appearances. Uh, best crowd, Marcus, we went with the one we just talked about, WrestleMania 35. We, we had some good ones on the season. Yeah. We, had, we had some rough ones, but uh, Evolution was very good. We liked that crowd quite mm-hmm. a bit. Uh, but this WrestleMania crowd, I thought, what they had to go through to get through this night to really stay strong for 95% of the evening, I think they deserved it. Yeah, the Fastlane crowd was another one that was sneaky, really good, um, and a really good event overall. But yeah, the WrestleMania crowd, when you take into account that it's uh, you know ten hours long, it's outside, it's getting cold. Mm-hmm. Um, they were up, they were up for for a good portion of the show. Uh, so uh, I thought they deserved it. Um, our last two JT, it is our course, our All Star team and our All Loser team. So uh, what of our who are our top five for our All Star team? All right, so yeah, we just negotiated between the two of us to pick the top five best performers that represent this season. And again, it was such a heavy season for the women, we thought they should have the bulk of the spot. So we gave them three out of the five, and it was the three main eventers from WrestleMania. It was Charlotte, it was Becky Lynch, it was Ronda Rousey, uh, are all kind of the faces of the season. They deserve their spot. Uh, Seth Rollins, again, not a surprise, right? with Rollins. And then Daniel Bryan, we didn't talk a ton about him, but had a great season. Um, Made his comeback. A little shaky early on, but he really got in that groove in the summer. And the Miz feud is way better than I think most would have expected or um, thought it to be. And then he goes right into being the the Earth champion and has great matches with Brock and with Styles and and then here. So um, great in the chamber. So he had a lot of really good stuff um, on this on this uh, season. So and then our all loser team, our worst five of the season, uh, Baron Corbin. Braun Strowman, who we just were not fans of. Shane McMahon, who we really were fans of. Uh, Triple H and The Undertaker, who are both terrible uh, in all the overseas shows, and Triple H here as well. So that just seemed like a pretty good worst five, I think. Yeah. Um, overall feelings, now that we are done on 2018-2019. Vibing. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy. Like Again, I didn't hate the season. It wasn't bad. It was just long and middling. And that's almost worse than being bad in a way because none of the matches sucked. I mean, there were some that sucked during the, the Saudi show or whatever, but like the bulk of them were just very good. It was like a ton of, if you to average every match on the season, the average score has to make three and a quarter. Like, like, like there were so many matches between two and three quarters and three and three quarters. I'm like, like that was the entire season. If I had to sum up the season as a whole, it's, three and a quarter like, like it was it was good it just wasn't great and there wasn't a lot of great to it um yeah, it's and it's netted out forgettable very forgettable and that's what hurt a lot of the shows when you look at the grades was the moments there's not a lot happens you have a five-hour show 
when nothing happens. It's like you could have just not watched any of this and not missed anything. Yep. And it's and it shows this way, right? So we also rank all of the years, all the seasons, right? So we do a total score, which is obviously going to favor shows that had more seasons that had more shows. But then we do an average score by dividing the number of shows. So this tells you, though, this tells you the picture. 2018, 2019 had 15 shows, Marcus, but only a total score of 205.25. As a comparison, 2001, 2002, with, you know, whatever, three less shows, had 365.75 total points. 160 more points with three less pay-per-views, right? Um, Even 15-16, which is a pretty maligned season, had 287, you know? Like, 99-2000 had 231 with three less shows. Average war was 13.7 score. Um, So here's, here's how it ranks. 85, 86 uh, is our bottom at, at average of 4.5. 94, 95, an average of 5.6. 2011, 2012, an average of 10.2. 0405, an average of 12.6. Then 18, 19 is our seventh best year out of 11 at 13.7. 99, 2000 at 17.8. 15, 16 at 19.2. 14, 15, NXT at 20.6. 18, 19, NXT at 21.3. 92-93 at 22.9. And then, which is surprising, I would say. And then 0102 with an average of 26.1. By far the best season we've watched. So, a lot to take in there. Um, but another season behind us. Like I said, it's our, our 11th season. It's already done, buddy. Um, and we have our 12th season to come. And I'm, I'm excited about it. I think we got a good one. We'll, we'll keep it a surprise as always. But uh, I'm, I'm pretty pumped for it. A little, little tease if you look closely enough on the video. Um, so, all that said, thank you so much for sticking with us for another season. We'll be back in two weeks. We're here every other Thursday with Dirty War. Check out everything we have to offer at the Northside Connection. Follow us on all social media. Live your life above replacement level. And we'll